Well, g'day, good life. Um, it's great to be with you in your lounge room, kitchen, or dungeon. I don't know if you have dungeons these days, but um, if you are, good for you. Um, today, I want to share something that I think is a key. It's, it's something that if we can wrap our heads and our hearts around, I think it's something that's going to drastically turn our faith around. And so here's the thing. For every single Aussie kid, we all had the same experience. It was that moment when it's time for dinner. And for dinner, for us, it was family time. It was TV off. It was this great experience and encounter. There'd be a time where we would get the call to the dinner table. For my parents, the call was a whistle, a that's what you'd hear. Over the hills of Bly Bly would be this whistle from my mother saying it's time to come home for dinner. For some people, it might have been a call. It might have been a yell. It might have been a you get here right now. For some people, it was a bell. I don't know who had a bell, but you could have had a bell. But here's the thing. If you missed it, you missed out on dinner. Uh, for me, if I missed it, often there was more than just missing out on dinner. There was getting something I didn't want. But for all of us, there was a call whether we heard it or not. Nowadays, it's a text. It's a text message to the kid in the, in the bedroom. Come out, it's time for dinner. There's text messages every day from families to fathers going, how far away are you? To mothers going, where are you right now? For all of us every day, there are people who are calling us and calling us into relationship, calling us into a deeper place. And, and, and it's the common thread of society. It's the common thread of everyone's life that there's no single person on earth who doesn't have someone calling them and wanting them in relationship. And it's this common thread that I want to talk to you about today. So if you want, I want you to grab your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, you can download one. Uh, just go to the App Store and look for an app that looks like this. How cool is that? Fancy little icon there. That's, that's cool. Look all the things we could do, you know, like I want a unicorn right there. Hey, they're a good tech team, aren't they? Well, that was a bit of stalling for you to get your Bibles. But turn to Matthew 14, verse 15. It says this. It's a story about Jesus and, uh, and his disciples. They're in a remote place. There's a crowd of 5,000 people who have come to them. And, uh, and, and Jesus has been sharing, preaching to them. And now it's got to the end of the day. And we, we find this moment where the disciples come to him and go, this is a remote place in verse 15, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said, that's not necessary. You feed them. The disciples turned to him and go, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. The story goes on that Jesus then feeds 5,000 people by multiplying five loaves and two fish. Later on the story in verse 25 uh, we, we join the story where the disciples have jumped in the boat and start to sail off while Jesus is saying farewell to all the crowd. Then a giant storm comes and they're starting to really freak out and says this in verse 25, about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, said, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once and said, don't be afraid, take courage, I'm here. Then Peter called to him and said, Lord, if it's really you, 
tell me to come to you. Walking on the water, Jesus says, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. When he saw how strong the wind was and the waves, he got terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out, grabbed him and said this, not good work. You walked on water being the first human being ever to do that. No, no, no. It was you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? (laughs) Jesus has some fairly high expectations. He literally expected the disciples to feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes. And then he expected Peter to walk on water without any kind of trepidation or self-doubt. i got to be honest, if I'm Peter at that point and Jesus is asking me, why didn't I believe? Uh, it would probably have gone along the lines of probably because you asked me to do something that no human has ever done in the history of human existence. Um, But this is a thing about when I read the Bible. Um, I read the life that Jesus led and the things that he did. And then I read the bit that he goes, you'll do greater. And I start to think, man, this is a little bit of a tough equation. Like there's some fairly high expectations to live by in the Bible. And look, expectations of raising the dead aside, Jesus says stuff like, don't commit adultery. And we're like, well, I got this. Like, you know, I can do that. Like, sure. Okay. Definitely. Great, great rule, God. Fantastic. Good for my marriage not to do that. Good for any relationship not to do that. Um, But then Jesus went a little bit further and he actually says this. um, I wasn't finished it's not that I don't want you to commit adultery. I, I want you not even to have a sexual thought about someone else that you're not married to. Well, well, what about if, you know, I'm watching Aquaman and, and Jason Momoa is there, you know, like, you know, there's some ladies out there who've struggled, you know. It's, it, it's a tough one to then begin to the, 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 the level where you're addressing thoughts in your life and that Jesus is actually going, hey, I, I don't want you just to control the, c- control, you know, the act, but then I now, I want you to get to the point where you're controlling the thought. God calls us to an audaciously healthy, functional, but also righteous and holy life. Think about it. Throughout the Bible, we're not just called to be sinless. That's not even, that's, that's like even, not even the full part of it. God God has other ideals and goals he has for us to live out. Things like um, to walk in complete relationship with God, um, to know scripture and be transformed by it, um, to disciple and to be discipled through real relationships with the community of faith that God puts around us, to rebel against sin, to live a life applying the principles of God to to, and not limited to, uh, sorry, to live a life applying the principles of God to your life, including but not limited to your finances by using money wisely, investing smartly, your relational journey, embracing singleness uh, and being good at it in how you work by being a blessing to your boss, even if they're not a great boss uh, in who you marry to pick the right person to marry and not just the first person who you think is cute and likes you back um, in, in who you offer to the person you want to marry aka being the right person that for them to marry, um, then, then 
about how you do marriage, that you build a marriage that blesses you both until your dying breath, in how your parent, that you love your children, even when they're not behaving and bring them up with grace and maturity in the kind of kid he wants you to be, that he asks you to honor your parents, even if they don't do a great job in the way that you live, um, that you don't accept sin in your life, in the state of your soul, that you rebel against the dysfunction and brokenness in your life and you're, that you're not defined by it, in your physical body by being healthy, in the way that you treat people, that we love all people no matter what, in the way that you see yourself, that you're not a victim of your history, you're an overcomer ready for your future. Oh, and to have a Sabbath, that God wants you to have a day a week where you don't work at all and fit that somehow into your schedule. There's some lofty goals. In fact, I reckon many of you would have heard those and thought, how on earth will I live up to this? How on earth does God even expect this of me? The Bible, though, would say that these are simple foundational things of Christianity. The, everything I just read is pretty much just standard issue of a Christian life. But many would look at this and go, well, that's, that's audacious. Partly because the world has completely walked away from these founda foundations as even being desirable. I remember it being in a pub in Gilgandra chatting to one of the waitresses as we got our steak uh, country cooked steak for lunch. And, and, and she said, I'm having some issues with my kids at school. Um, you know, me and my partner, we're splitting up. Um, but the kids are actually happy because now they're not going to get bullied by the other kids. I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, my kids were the only kids who had their parents still together in class. And so they were picked on because of it. it it's audacious it's not only audacious for us to have these lofty goals, but it's almost weird in today's day and age for us to have these goals around our life. See, when the goal of, uh, of not staying married or staying married to the same person you picked and vowed to stay with becomes audacious, you know that the most audacious thing that God called us to do is maybe not to raise the dead, but to actually lead a radically audacious healthy life in line with the word of God. Now, for some people who don't profess to believe in God of the Bible, or I can understand why they would probably look at our goals and maybe even have different goals and have different outcomes. And so I understand this tension that, the, that society wouldn't align themselves with what we look at. But here's the other part of why this is so hard is that I speak to Christians, I realize just because we have these goals doesn't mean that we're actually achieving them. I constantly talk to Christians who want to have changes to their life, changes to their physical life, their emotional life, their spiritual life, changes to the, their marriage, changes to the way that they parent, changes in these areas. But honestly, they're struggling. I, I know. Maybe, maybe it's not just me. Maybe you know someone who you've talked to recently, who would say that they're a follower of Jesus, but there's an area in their life that they're struggling with. Maybe it's you. What are the areas that you know are in the Bible that you know we're meant to do, but for some reason there's some disconnect where you're, where you're missing it, where you're not achieving it, where you're not achieving the heights that you want to get to. And the guilt of not achieving the life that the Bible has called us to live becomes overbearing. On top of that, there's a frustration that comes. Why would God set a bar so high 
we can't achieve it? This is a big and complicated question. And there's a long and complicated answer, but today I want to answer it very, very simply for us here today. The short answer is the same answer as to why Jesus was surprised at the disciples' inability to walk on water and feed 5,000 people with five, five bits of bread and two fish. Because these are problems that we were never designed to fix in our own strength. There's so many Christians who strive day in and day out and have completely forgotten the, the secret source of Christianity. And this is it. They don't know the Holy Spirit. For those of you who may have heard of the Holy Spirit or are new to the, uh, but, but don't really understand or are new to the concept, who is the Holy Spirit? He's like the free unlimited Wi-Fi you discover when you're overseas and lost. He's, he's like a 24-7 petrol station when you're doing an overnighter and you're almost out of petrol. He's the Kilpatrick when all you have is natural oysters. He's the hearing aid when you start losing your hearing. He's the person with an iPhone charger when you left yours at home. He's the person uh, with the breath mint when you ate too much garlic last night for dinner. What am I trying to say? He's vital to our lives. The Bible describes the Holy Spirit as a helper, as an advocate. He says he's the power and the presence of God for our life. The presence of God literally means it's, it's, it's how we know that God is right there with us. What is he helping? You know that life you're frustrated that you're not living? You know that life that you're frustrated that you're not achieving? You know the audacious life that the Bible calls us to that we go, how on earth am I going to do that? He is the power and the person of God who is going to walk you through to the place where you achieve it and see it happen in your life. He helps you live the audacious life that you're called to live. And the only thing more audacious I find than aiming to live the life that we're called to live is Christians trying to live that life without the Holy Spirit. I think that's the most audacious thing that we can do. There's an audacious life God has for you that is only found by living connected to the Holy Spirit. Listen to what the Bible says about this process in Romans, which is a letter from Paul to a church who are new Christians and struggling really with the concept of their faith. And how do we actually live this? How do we overcome sin? How do we be the people that God called us to be? In Romans 8 verse 11, it says this, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. I mean, that, that, that's, that's a pretty cool start. <laughs> like the Holy Spirit was the one who swept into that tomb and, and, and put life back in the, in, in the body of Jesus Christ. It says this, the spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You know that sin you're struggling with? The answer is a relationship with the Holy Spirit. For if, you, for if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if you live through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful, sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. There's a relationship that we enter into when we have this Holy Spirit at work in our hearts. And so you have not received the Spirit 
that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba Father. Every answer to how we live this audacious life is answered in these simple verses. By being led by the Holy Spirit, he will lead us and help us to live this audacious life. This is the game changer. This is the game changer for your life, for your marriage. For, for This is the game changer for your parenting. This is a game changer for your career. This is a game changer for everything. If you can grab this and get this Holy Spirit power and person and presence in your life, this is the game changer for you. But what does it take to have that relationship with him? What, what does it take to have the relationship with the Holy Spirit? Well, it's actually quite simple. The Holy Spirit is at work in our lives and he will always be at work in our lives. How do I know? Because every single person has a call. Sometimes it's a whisper. Sometimes it's a shout. Sometimes it's a whistle. What's he calling us to? He's calling us to the greatest version of our existence that we could ever have. And every single person on the planet has it. There's not a single person on the planet who this week hasn't had the Holy Spirit whisper something to them, who hasn't had the whisper of the Holy Spirit or, or the shout or the whistle of the Holy Spirit grabbing our attention and trying to draw us into relationship with him or draw us towards the best life. This is the common thread of humanity. Just as much as every person had a parent who calls them every afternoon to dinner, well, you've left home now. Mum's not calling you. Well, some people I've heard get a call every day from mum. You know, that's, that's, if that's your thing, I'm not here to judge. But the call of the Holy Spirit is a day by day till the day that you die. From the worst of the worst to the best of the best. To the people who have tricked us that they're the best of the best, but they're actually the worst of the worst. The Holy Spirit is constantly calling. He's constantly whispering. This is the common thread of all humanity. There's not a person who hasn't heard the Holy Spirit this week. It's as sure as death and taxes. And so for you to have the audaciously healthy life that you are called to live, you've got to learn to hear the call of the Holy Spirit. To have a relationship with God is something that we as Christians and to believe in him. Uh, it, we, we would say this is the foundation of our faith. But to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, which changes us every day, is not something every Christian has. Have you ever met someone who goes, I'm a Christian, but you can still see that, that their life is in a mess and in tatters? And, and you're going, what's going on? And, and, and they never seem to get out of that cycle. The re reality is that they haven't had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. There's people I know who've sat in churches for 35 years and they're the same person they were when they started out this, with the same dysfunction, the same brokenness and the same hurt. And we're called to live in a an audaciously healthy life. And the way to do it is a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Why do people struggle in these areas? Because they haven't learned to understand his call. They haven't learned what his call sounds like, what his whisper, what his whisper sounds like. It's not that he doesn't speak. It's often that we've missed it. So today, I'm going to get really practical. 
Hearing from God is easy once you have a bit of practice. It's like in the old school days where you had the phone with the and you had to dial it around like those kinds of things and there was no caller ID. Caller ID has changed the game. Not only because we pick it up when we're like, hey, Jerry, Newman. But nowadays we actually have, uh, but, but call ID also helps us when we go, I don't want to speak to Jerry today and we get to hang up or ignore it. But back in the other day, the phone rang, you had to pick it up and it could be anyone. It was kind of like the lottery. And so... Eventually, though, if someone called you enough, you pick up the phone, they'd say hello, and you know exactly who it was. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. You spend enough time hearing his voice, and you know exactly when it's speaking to you. You know exactly what it's saying when it's saying something to you. And so I'm going to get really practical here today. My life is marked by moments where the Holy Spirit spoke to me. They're unforgettable. Like in 2007, where I woke up for two weeks straight with God going, it's time to move. The Holy Spirit just speaking to me, it's time to move. It's time to move. It's time to move. And when I went, God, where do you want me to move? You'll figure it out. Oh, well, that's not really helpful. And then I had people come to me, I feel like you're moving. I'm like, where, where, where? And I spoke to Pastor Dave and he goes, I'm moving to Newcastle. would Would you consider coming? I'm like, you wouldn't believe what the Holy Spirit said to me recently. What? Then, then it comes down to, I remember when I first was married and, uh, and, and we, were, we were in our little house at Hamilton North there in Newcastle and uh, we'd had a little bit of a disagreement and I was frustrated and went outside to water the lawn, hand water the lawn, which here's a tip. If a guy is hand watering the lawn, it means he doesn't want to go inside because no one hand waters a lawn unless they're avoiding something. And so I'm out there hand watering the Lord, having a uh, hand watering the the lawn, and having a bit of a whinge to God, going, God, this this wife you put with me, I'm so frustrated by her, and I clearly remember the voice of God going, the Holy Spirit's whisper going, Are you done being selfish, Ben? And that day He corrected me and said, Mate, for you to actually have a marriage that works, you're gonna have to stop being selfish. You're gonna have to stop making this all about you. And that day was a step towards me having a healthier marriage by being a healthier husband. Or what about in 2017 where I was in a deep battle for my mental health. And in 2017, I came home from church one night just broken and down and feeling like it was time to give up. And I remember thinking about maybe it's time just I should just take my life. And there was that voice, the Holy Spirit going, Ben, it's time. It's time you tell someone what you're going through and actually get some people to help you. And then there's the time in 2018 where I'm standing in a service in Foster Tuncurry and God goes, this is a place I called you to be. I want you to be the pastor here. This is where you need to be. And then there was the holiday two weeks ago where I asked the Holy Spirit to help me understand a few of the negative beliefs that I had at work in my life. And the Holy Spirit just started revealing things, years of discouragement and bad negative thoughts that were happening in my life in my head that I never really knew were there and I've been on the process for two weeks of just with the Holy Spirit working through those here's the thing here's the question I've got for you today is what is the thing that you're struggling with what's the thing in your life that you are desperately trying to achieve but you can't seem to break the habit you can't seem to break. What about the area of your life that you want to improve on, but you keep just going round the mountain, round the mountain? Well, here's the thing. I want you to grab a phone or grab something to write on or, or, or grab a book. This is my book right here. I can show you some of the things in it that I've written. 
big writing with dates all the way back to my 30th birthday when I was sitting in Greece. I bought this at the airport in Greece. I want you to grab something that you write to write on or grab a phone. And right now, I want you to ask very simply, what does the Holy Spirit want to say to you today? That's it. Come on, how about right now? Just close your eyes. Just go, what do you want to say to me, the Holy Spirit? You might be in a room full of people. You might be in a room by yourself. But the Holy Spirit, the common thread of humanity, wants to speak to you and speak to your heart today. So what's he saying? What's he saying to your life today? What's he saying about that thing, that issue, that problem, that area of your life? And right there, for some of you, that's simple. You've just heard the Holy Spirit. For some of you, this might take a little bit longer. But for all of us, what is the Holy Spirit saying to us today? Holy Spirit, I just ask that you'd speak to people in living rooms and lounge rooms everywhere right now. Whisper to them, shout to them, whistle and call. God, I pray that people would lend their ears to the common thread of all humanity, that God is speaking and calling us to a relationship and to an audacious life. See, right now, there's some people right there. You heard something. For some people, that's something you need to do and give it a little bit more time. Some people, after the service, you're going to plan and plot a little bit of time this afternoon. You're just going to get away from everything. Go and sit in your car. Go for a walk. Go for a jog. And and you're just going to take a moment to stop and go, God, what are you going to say to me today? Or what do you need to say to me today? And when he says something to you, write it down. And from there, there you go. That's your ticket to the audacious life that he's called you to live. For me, God exposed that I live in an environment of discouragement, that I often find myself in deep discouragement because that I believe, because I've got some negative beliefs in my life. It's taken me a few weeks now to start addressing those kinds of things. What's it going to be for you? The common thread reaches every single person's life. And today it's the game-changing moment. Today is the start of a relationship with the Holy Spirit who's going to change your life, change your marriage, change your parenting, change your business, change your approach to everything in life today. And so that's as simple as it is. But for some people, you're sitting here and you go, I don't even know this God that you're talking about, let alone the Holy Spirit. What are you talking all about? Here's the thing, the greatest thing you could do today and something that I've done and so many others watching have done is actually said from this moment on, I want to follow Jesus. I believe in him and I believe that his life for me is the best. I I reckon that the, 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 the sin and the mistakes that I've got myself into, I don't need that anymore. I reckon I need to actually give my life to Jesus Christ. For some people watching this, you've never made that decision. For some people you have, and and for some reason it's kind of fallen by the wayside. You know what? If you want to make that decision today, there's two things you can do. Firstly, I'm going to lead you in a quick prayer. And this is a moment where you get to purpose in your own heart. I can't force you to make this decision. This is something you get to make today and go, this is what I want for my life. The second thing you could do is grab someone who you know is a Christian and go, hey, look, I made that decision. Can you help me? Can you? I, I want this decision to change my life because my life needs some changing. And so today, those two things, they're the challenge for you. 
And so if that's a decision you want to make, I want to help you pray this prayer. So how about you just close your eyes for a moment right now across every lounge room in, the, in, in this church right now. Just close your eyes and just repeat this prayer after me and say, Dear Jesus, I thank you that you sent your son to die on a cross to save me from my sin. And Jesus, today, I accept the forgiveness of my sins and I accept that I have a new life. My past is gone. The future is here. In the name of Jesus, amen.